0: And now, here are your hosts, Mike Hancocks and Bernice Miller-Travis. Welcome
1: back to Infinite Earth Radio, where we talk with thought leaders and change agents who are transforming the future by building smarter, more sustainable, and more equitable communities. This is your host, Mike Hancox, and our topic this week is youth leadership and ethnodrama. This past February at the New Partners for Smart Growth Conference in St. Louis, we interviewed Sarah Hobson from Community Allies LLC about the work that she has been doing in St. Louis, using ethnodrama as a tool to help the youth in St. Louis learn how to better communicate with each other, particularly around difficult topics, and with a an emphasis and a focus on empathizing and understanding through the use of ethnodrama. So let's get to today's show. My guests today are Sadia Simpson, a student at the Grand Center Arts Academy in St. Louis, and Sarah Hobson, of the Community Allies LLC. Welcome.
2: Thank you, welcome. Hi. Okay.
1: So you folks are doing a program at the New Partners for Smart Growth Conference, the STL Youth Smart Growth Leaders Program. So maybe we can start off with you and you could explain what the program's all about.
3: Sure, so the mission of Community Allies is to bring people together across the county and the city, especially here in St. Louis and definitely going forward anywhere else. As part of that mission, I've done after-school programs focused on ethno-drama, which is a program around which students become youth leaders by collecting a variety of stories and using those stories to open power-packed conversations in their communities about issues that are really pertinent to their lives. And Sadia was a part of the first program that I ran in St. Louis last January. And as a a piece of that program, I brought a piece of that program to the conference through STL youth leaders, youth smart growth leaders, because what we found is that students are very interested in issues like segregation and racism and systemic racism and they see what's happening around them and they're ready and active and alive and waiting to be able to do something about it and when they have the right tools they they lead us, they lead adults in in how to carry forward and so this smart growth opportunity having done the program in January was fabulous for extending the program and really thinking about how students could get involved in smart growth type projects but also help broaden the conversation in the smart growth world to make sure that their voices are included so so I brought them in with this program so that they could interview people here at the conference to take up the questions that they care about and get some answers and engage in dialogue with smart growth developers and leaders.
1: Fantastic. So I want to ask Sadia about the experience of being a part of this program, the program that you're running. But first, I just want to understand, is this a program you're running through schools and how long is the program and... How many kids participate?
3: So I am newly back to St. Louis. I was previously an assistant professor in upstate New York, and so I am getting this off the ground as we speak. And the Smart Growth Conference is my way of launching this program and so i i ran the program i've run programs prior to this but i ran the program in january in st louis i'm currently running a program at the youth and family center in north st louis those students are taking up the issue of the nga that's relocating into their community and i have i'm sorry
1: the nga the
3: uh, uh, the national geospatial agency here in st louis okay. is relocating from south st louis to north st louis and deeply impacting the, uh, their eminent domain procedures and all of that that deeply impacts the local community, so the students are getting right in there. Grand Center Arts Academy, I drew from several students from their school last year when I ran the program. They would love to have this program come back. So schools and after-school programs are looking for the program, and lots of there's lots of interest I am now in the process of fundraising to support the program.
1: Fantastic. So, Sadia, tell me what, what the program is all about and what you've gotten out of it.
2: The program is about when it first started with me and some people from my school and some people from Cardinal Ritter. It was about us talking about what we would like to change in St. Louis, what we saw in St. Louis that we think could be better. And so then we started getting into our topics that we really wanted to do. Then we started interviewing people and seeing what they had to say about it. And we made films off of all the interviews we made. And the program really helped me start to really talk about sensitive topics like that. At first, I'm not going to say I wasn't a talkative person, which I was. I still am. But... (laughs) I wasn't the type of person to talk about sensitive topics. I would steer away from that because it would make me uncomfortable. Now I've gotten more comfortable with it and I haven't really stood up for certain things like this, but now I'm starting to I'm starting to get more into it because of that program.
1: You're feeling more comfortable. So, what was your
2: topic? My topic was how the media exploits St. Louis. Not all of the media, but Sometimes if you see on the news that it'll show a lot of bad things instead of showing more of the good things about St. Louis and creating that image.
1: Fantastic. So uh, tell me a little bit about the mechanics of the program. How long does the program last? If, I, if, if When you enter the program, is it four weeks? Is it six weeks? How much time did it take you and are you doing it after school?
3: In the past, I have run this program, it was part of my dissertation, and I ran the program for a couple of years, and I did that for a whole year. So it was a school year-long program, and the power of the program is that once students are empowered to answer their own questions and to begin to pursue their own questions, in the course of a year, they could take up the same topic and look at it from so many different angles and deepen it and layer the complexity, because ethnodrama is that powerful that it grips any audience to want to sustain the inquiry that they're engaging. And it's a difficult inquiry, but it helps them sustain it. And so um, that was in the past, but with these current programs, at last year it was a 32-hour program. We even had a school day that we missed. We were down to 29 hours, which was very stressful for me. Stressful for the students too, but they pulled it off even under pressure. And I try to build in a little bit more um, breathing room than that if I can. Because that was for that program, it was three weeks, two hours a day, basically. And currently, I'm doing a program that's two times a week and two hours each time. So it's it's really flexible based on what the school wants, based on what the programs need.
1: Right. Yeah. So Sadia, that that seems like a, it's a pretty significant commitment for those three weeks, right? Two hours every day. Yeah. How did that go for you? How did it feel?
2: At first, when the first session came, I was like what are we doing because i didn't really at first i wanted to do it but i wasn't really warmed up to the idea i was the youngest in the whole group so i was like they're gonna have better ideas than me i'm gonna have to copy off of them and then i was like when we started to talk i was like we're all on the same level they can accept me and accept my ideas and as time went on, it was more comfortable. I got to know a lot of things. We started talking, and I realized that we all had, even though we were different people, it was different colors. Everybody had different families. We had different perspectives of St. Louis, but all sort of the same base. So yeah. it was pretty cool.
1: So, see, like, I, I think this is fascinating, right, because I think that this is a – what you're working on is the problem in America. We don't know how to talk to each other. We don't understand each other. And that breeds a lot of friction, right? So explain to our audience a little bit, either one of you, explain to audience, how does this work? How, how does the process make you more comfortable having those difficult conversations? Maybe you could start with the theory and then you could, Sadia, you could explain how it worked for you.
3: Well, it's community building at its core and it's drama work that helps with the community building. And the drama inspires the research, which inspires, and the drama inspires the research, the interviewing inspires the research, so that students want to go and collect more information. They don't come into the program saying, I want to sit behind a computer and do academic research. So explain explain the drama part. Drama is a, a vehicle for really looking at an issue from lots of different perspectives and for putting those perspectives into conversation in role in a way that makes it safer for students to, and anybody who's doing it, to look at the issue from somebody else's perspective. But of course, you can insert your own perspective. And then in the process, you have to reflect on why did that person feel that way? Because you're developing a character. And so you have to, you have to think, oh my gosh, why, why would that person feel that way? And then you start to realize what's the difference between the person I'm enacting and, the, and my own self and my own beliefs.
1: I see. So the process is you're, you're actually kind of writing a story. Or, or creating a fictional video, mm-hmm. and you're interviewing people to understand the real life motivations of people, so that you can make that that real.
3: Yes, and and actually, I would be so curious to hear from you, Sadia, on this because you, Sadia, is actually, and one of the reasons I think she was drawn to the program, she's an actress, and at Grand Center Arts Academy, they have pathways, and she's on the drama pathway. Is that right? Mm Yes. So I I think she will actually speak to this very eloquently about um, that process for you. What what did the drama do? What did the drama add to the program?
2: So the drama part, I feel like it really created a mental picture of what we're actually doing. Because at first it's like, oh, we're just talking. We're just asking people. We're just talking about how St. Louis is affected and things like that. But the drama part was actually being parts of St. Louis. Like we would be, one person would be a mother, another person would be a child, another person would be a police officer, and we would act as parts of the city and we would actually do things like that. It would be funny, and then we would also be able to see, like, what actually goes down, how do certain people feel, why aren't certain people doing this, and why are they doing this? And it was really fun to me because I got to act with some of different people who aren't on my specific pathway, because usually when I'm in school, I'm acting with people who are in my pathway and who I know I've been with. But it was kind of different because I don't usually act out like that, even though it was improv. And it was, it really helped me.
1: Fantastic. So... I can see how this would be a really powerful tool for you in learning how to become more comfortable and really seeing other people's perspectives and being a better communicator. Are you then taking, you know, are you then putting these performances on for other people and using it as a tool to
3: bring other people into that kind of understanding? It, it's it's a vehicle for helping people tell their stories. So the drama is fictional because you're right. always bringing your own perspective or whatever but most of life is fictional it's what we write right it's, it's not that right. my perspective is true it's my perspective and it's my perspective on what you said and so there are all of these layers of complexity that have to be thought through and that's part of the ethnodramatic framework right. that I've been developing um, in conversation with ethno-dramatists who do this work and in the process it's not so much that that students are writing fiction it's that they're trying to get to the center of somebody's story and right. help them be heard. Right. It's it's a, it's an act of listening um, to the different perspectives that they've collected, and so. But there's room in that to be fictional and to play um, through the drama with what they're really saying to better understand it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my question was, are you are you just doing that within the group that's participating, or is there an outside audience that is getting to experience what you learned?
3: There's a film festival that we
2: did. <laughs> At my school. There were some people from Cardinal Ritter, and everybody that made the videos went around my whole school. We have a lot of floors. So it was like everybody was showing their films and getting people's input. And we had like some papers and saying things. Most of the time, people didn't really fill it out because they were paying attention to the video. Yeah. But it was just letting people know what we were doing. Because a lot of my friends knew after school we would go over to the PBS building and I would walk with a certain group, but they didn't know what we were doing. So they got to really see. And my friends, they told me after they saw the videos, they started talking with their parents and their parents started getting into the community and they were trying to make a difference. So that kind of made a difference on my school.
1: Fantastic. And is your school is it a mixed race?
2: Oh, yeah. It's very diverse. We have a lot of different Cultures and races at our school.
1: And is there is there tension in the school, or is it, do you think that maybe, you know, well, I'll just ask that question, is there any tension around those racial issues in school?
2: Mm-mm. I mean, our school has been diverse since it started, really. And I think that's really amazing because it started in, I want to say, since I was in fourth grade. So, what was that, 2013, 14? But it was a lot of different people coming, so when I came, it was already some high schoolers and people that were just hanging around each other, and I was like, this is really cool because my last schools that I went to, they didn't have that type of diversity.
1: So fantastic. So what would you communicate to other schools or places that aren't doing these kind of programs, why this would be so valuable to do? in their school or their community?
2: I think it would be valuable because not just you could talk about your community and how bad it is, but so you can actually make a difference instead of just thinking about it. You can see how other people's points are because it's not just your opinion. It's other people's. And it really gets you into the type of feeling of how to interview people being interviewed brainstorming certain things that you're going to need in life and you get a jump start at that early then you get to make different types of things like films you need to make scenes improv scenes and get to meet different people even though if they were at your school because the people that were in my school that were in it i had no idea who they were But then I started to get to know them, and I knew them at school after that, and I started knowing their friends. So it's just a big new thing that you get to explore.
1: Yeah, it sounds fantastic, right? I think that that's a skill that will serve you throughout your life, the ability to communicate with other people in situations where you're not entirely comfortable or where it's different or new. I think a lot of people avoid things in life. They avoid life and sometimes just because they don't want to have their they're afraid of having that conversation, or they avoid having interactions with other people. So it seems like an amazing
3: skill. Um, it's really, it's really centered in the conversation. Ethnodrama is research that never ends, and so there's an openness to it. It's invi- in, in, invitatory. I don't know what the word would be. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> invitatory. <laughs> <I'm> we, <wrong. laughs> we, we can we make up new words here. That's, that's yeah, totally fine. There you go, English major. Um, but it's 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 a, a A way of communicating that invites more people to share their stories and in the process it's a cross-story communication about the issues that are impacting people differently and so when you situate students at the center of that process they have the chance to learn what it means to engage in cross-cultural dialogue no matter what situation they're in and to learn how to read a room and read a situation to understand how their voice is going to Intersect with other people's voices in that situation. It's very complex, but once they've been through the process, they go from being shy and nervous about communicating in public to being, I mean, today they were absolutely phenomenal. They all presented their films here at the conference, and there were tears. The adults in the room were sharing their stories. They were moved to say, you're right, we don't have this down, but we're so glad that you're on our team, and we are trying, and we're listening. And there was a cross generational, intergenerational communication that happens through it. And uh, the conversation then continues to travel forward. So that change can begin to or can build on what's already happening. Yeah,
1: it's fantastic. So how can folks learn more about your work?
3: So I have a website for Community Allies. It's uh, communityalliesconsulting.com. And you can see more about the programming on my website. I also have an IOB campaign. Uh, With new partners for smart growth, you can go to IOB.com, I-O-B-Y, I I believe it's .com or .org, uh, but it's a crowdfunding site. And then when you search, put new partners for smart growth conference, and you'll find the IOB campaign there to get involved in what we're doing. We have a lot of schools and programs that are waiting for this, and we just need the funding. Uh, And then, um, you know, of course, I have publications and all of that, yeah.
1: Yeah, we should be doing this in every school. Right, this is the most foundational skill—the ability to relate to, connect with, and communicate with other people. There's nothing more important than that, right?
2: I feel that it gives children—well, I don't want to say—I mean, children, teens, anybody under the adult age—a chance to really say how they feel. Because sometimes, like we were talking about in a different conference, one of the people from our group said, "Children's minds are like a sponge." So, we get all this new information. So, adults, you tell them some new information, most of the time, they're just going to be like, I already know what it is by bouncing back off. Children get new things every day, they're accepting it. So, when you listen to a child, you're understanding what other people are telling them and they're processing it through their mind. So, they look at it at a different standpoint than adults sometimes. So it's where they get their voices heard instead of dismissing what they're saying and they don't get judged or anything.
1: Fantastic. So thank you both so much for your time today and thank you so much for the work that you're doing.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: And thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time on Infinite Earth Radio.
0: Infinite Earth Radio is a podcast produced by Skio in association with the Local Government Commission. To learn more about Skio, the Local Government Commission, Infinite Earth Radio guests, or how you can make a difference in your community, visit our website at InfiniteEarthRadio.com or join us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward Infinite and Twitter by following at InfiniteEarthRadio.